Welcome to the Missing Links podcast by Lincoln Leads. So many people need help to improve their well-being and often hit barriers to asking for it. In this podcast, we want to normalise and remove those barriers so that everyone can talk openly and feel better. We'll be talking to a variety of people to get their views on what barriers they face. So let's get started. Right. Welcome to this week's episode of Missing Link. Uh, this week we have, uh, this is like our first official guest, right? Because mainly the first week was just me and Ethan talking to each other. So this week we've got Ben Feely, who um, works on our project development team. And I'm going to let him sort of talk a little bit about that in a second. Um, but welcome, Ben. Nice to have you on our podcast. How do you feel to be guest number one? Oh, exciting. Privileged. Yeah, looking forward to it. We were just talking before we started about how Ben and I love to have a chin wag when we see each other in the office. Um, <laughs> so it'll just be like that. Um, I promise we're, we're always talking about work. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so, Ben, do you want to tell us what's your connection to Linking Leads? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, I, I manage the project development team um, and uh, I would say we, you know, we, I like to think that we hold quite a, a, a privileged role um, within the community and, and within LinkedIn Leads. Um, so our, our job as a, as a team is to work closely with wellbeing coordinators to ultimately improve the health and wellbeing of their clients. And we we do that by um, working with clients to identify um, gaps within their local community where we may be able to develop a new group or activity or um, a new way of um, improving the community and, and improving the health and well-being of, of the individuals we're working with. So we've got, um, I said, quite a privileged position. It's it's because we've got a, an opportunity to take people's ideas um, about how they would like to improve their community and basically support them to bring those ideas to life. Yeah, it's amazing. We're, we're really lucky. Whenever we talk about Lincoln Leeds, we're always sort of, you're our additional cell, you know, you're the, the extra piece of the puzzle which is just so brilliant and and it's meant that you and our teams have worked really well together over over the last few years and partly why we we've been able to carry on so thank you so much for everything that you've done you you and your team yeah no it's been brilliant yeah so um this is all about health and well-being and that's a nice little segue from from what you've just said so like I said we're gonna ask you a few questions and you know we'll see we'll see where it takes us so the first question is really just it sounds it feels like I'm giving you a job interview now. Um, <laughs> what what does good mental health or, or happiness look like to you as a as an individual? Oh, um it's a I think it's quite a big question. I think I'm, you'd probably get a, a hundred different answers, wouldn't you, from a from a hundred different people. Well we're kind of hoping that's what happens. Yeah, <laughs> I imagine so. Well I mean I've heard lots of um different um sort of official definitions or official answers to this one. But I think the, the the very first thing that that springs to mind for me is is I think good mental health for me is synonymous simply with happiness. Mm. Um, I think if 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 things are if somebody feels like things are going well, they're content, they're happy, then I I think that's a, a pretty good position to be in. Um, I think if I'm talking about it from a more sort of professional perspective, I think it's um it it, it comes down to people's uh, ability to um manage their emotions both both good and bad mm. um i think if you're feeling optimistic i think if you're hopeful for the future you've got an ability to set goals and work towards those mm. goals and um, you feel good about yourself good level of self-esteem um 
and ultimately you know you you look around and you think you know what what have, what have I got around me I've got a good family I've got friends I've got a job that I enjoy that I feel um that I'm that I'm good at um and I think if you can sort of take a, a step back and, and look at yourself and, and feel positive about what you see um, mm. I think that's quite a good place to be in yeah it sounds like you're talking quite a lot about hope which is interesting because I was just reading a book recently and they were talking about how hopelessness is an emotion but hope is actually um like a thought process it's about believing that you can do things believing in yourself believing in your situation even if your situation is good it's like believing that it can change mm. when it when are you like take your professional hat off for a second um <laughs> don't, don't normally say that to you when when are you happiest like what brings you happiness oh um for me for me family um yeah i mean i've, I've been um since i've come back i've been um, I think part of me has still been on my Christmas break. I've been raving about um, <laughs> raving about the, the time I spent down in Bournemouth. We spent two weeks um, uh, staying with um, my other half's uh, parents. So we had two mm. weeks seeing grandparents and um, cousins and you know, brothers and sisters and, and aunties and uncles and all sorts. And it was two weeks of people we very rarely get to see. So it was mm. absolutely brilliant. So for me, yeah. that that was very much my happy place being surrounded by my family good food so much food <laughs> and yeah. you know that that was my happy place you know two weeks with my children um as well which you know obviously when you're at work you're away from them so yeah I I think for me having all that positivity and all that good feeling around just it, even Christmas aside it would have been a, a, a you know a very good couple of weeks yeah definitely I mean that's what Covid kind of stripped away from us and I think everyone or a lot of people anywhere see him just how important the human connection side of life is you know we really are built to be around other people right and mm, yeah absolutely that's great that you, that you had such lovely family time um and the families can also be really tricky as well so you know it, it cuts both ways but um I'm glad you had such a nice sound in time are there so we're sort of you know Lincoln Leeds and the project development team how we work together I guess the starting point for a lot of people is asking for help, which is something we talked mm. about in episode one. What are, and, and again, this is you as a person, not necessarily you as a professional. What mm. barriers do you think there are for asking for help when things aren't so great? Oh, I think, well, I think there could be quite a few, really. I think, I think you need, I think, especially when it comes to sort of mental health, I think it's, um, it's thought of uh, differently than physical health. Mm. Um, I think if, for example, I think if you've got if you've got something um, something wrong physically, it it might be that you know next time you you do catch up with a friend or a family, you might have a little bit of a gripe or a little bit of a moan about what's going on, or it might be that you know you you're nervous or you're worried or you're concerned about something. And if it's something physical, then that, that tends to be a fairly straightforward conversation in, in lots of different instances. But when it comes to mental health, I think people are a lot more reluctant to kind of bring it to kind of bring it up mm. um I think e- even even talking about I'm, I'm thinking about myself if there's if you know if something went a little bit wrong like I, I, I you know had an accident broke my arm whatever it might be I'd yeah. be more than happy to tell my, my parents about it next time I spoke to them but if I was going through a very difficult stage sort of mentally um mm. I think I, I I don't think it would really occur to me to bring it up um, yeah. especially in, in, a, in a flippant or casual manner I think mm. it would be thought of it in a very different way um, yeah. and something that I was more likely to perhaps keep to myself and hide 
Um, and I think, I think when it comes to mental health again, because it's mental health, it does affect or can affect your decision making. So Mm. I think you need to be mentally in a, in a certain place to be able to go out and say, right, I'm going to go and see someone about this. Um, And I think I do need to get some help. And I'm talking from a physical perspective. Uh, If you've got a physical ailment or something that you're worried about, um, you need to be in that strong mental health state so you can make that positive decision and make that positive action. But if it, when it comes to mental health, you're already struggling with your mental health and that's what you need to be strong in order to be able to make positive decisions, constructive decisions, um, which includes, you know, making that decision to go and go and look for help. so I think you're far less likely um, to go and to go and ask for help if it's something psychological, because I think there's a barrier there. I think there is still a stigma there. Mm. But I think I think because you need your mental health to be strong in order to make that decision to go and get help in the first place, the fact that that's where you're struggling makes it that much harder um, to be strong enough to be able to make the right decision. Yeah, and I think it's also it's I think it's harder to be able to acknowledge that there's something wrong in the first place. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a there's a very very big difference between having a really bad day and feeling low one day to to a mental to mental health issue or to having mm. some sort of difficulties that you need to talk to somebody about. And I think it's it's such a grey area and it's so blurred. Mm. Um, you know, when do you get to a point where it's clear to you that you you know something perhaps is wrong? Yeah, something does need fixing. I think that's an awful lot harder to determine. Yeah, and you can just tell yourself. Oh, I'm having a run of bad days and then it could be six months and you're like, oh, I'm still having a run of bad. It's it's so it's something to do with how obvious it is, isn't it? I think it was just what you were saying. Like, if you break your leg, it's obvious. It's obvious to everyone else as well. Yeah. Um, But if if it's a mental health thing, if it's low mood, depression, anxiety, it's not always that obvious. And you might not even know what's going on for yourself. And I think sometimes we feel like we have to know exactly what's going. I think for me anyway, I have to. Feel like I have to know exactly what's going on with me before I'll tell someone else so mm. I you know you and I and Ethan and I were talking about this episode one like we all work in this mental health support well-being world and yet these barriers are are just as these stigmas and barriers are just as alive for us as anyone else you know we're not yeah we're not sort of preaching converted but not really because if it when it comes to us when it comes to myself I find it really difficult to say, you know what, I'm struggling. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't think, you know, people that, that work in, in sort of any field are, are perhaps any better equipped um, to sort of make those positive decisions when they themselves find that, you know, they're in a very, in a very difficult place. Yeah. Um, and I think there's, I think another thing with, um, with mental health, I think from my own perspective, if it's, if it's something physical, something biological, I think to myself, you know, I look, I probably Google a bit too much, <laughs> as I think a lot of us do, scare, scare the life out of myself. But there always seems to be something um, tangible that, mm-hmm. that can be done to treat it. There's always something, um, you know, if, if you, whatever the ailment might be, there's, 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 there's treatment out there that feels quite practical. Um, yeah. Whereas I think with mental health, it's not always clear what the answer is. Yeah. Um, and it's not always clear how much somebody can help you um mm-hmm. i think because it's harder to see a solution or harder to see an answer to um the challenges or the problems that people might be facing i think that makes it even harder to kind of make that decision to go and pursue that solution because yeah 
you find it really hard to to see that there is one. Yeah, um, it's, it's and, that business, isn't it? Like I don't have hope. I don't know if it, it's solvable. Whereas if you know you've got a problem with your leg or your arm or you know you you'd be pretty sure that if you go to the doctors it might take a bit of time but one way or another you're going to get a solution mental mm. health or, or low mood or whatever where do I start and I think you know love love to I'm going to use this podcast to continue to segue back to the service but that's what <laughs> makes linking leads so important is because actually mm. once you pass the barrier past the barrier of I need help where where do I start? And there's so much help in Leeds, isn't there? I mean, mm. we we go to meetings, Ben and I, all the time. Um, so many things going on, but actually, barrier number one is like, where do I start? The great yeah. thing about having a wellbeing coordinator from Lincoln Leeds is that we, I'd say we, the brilliant team themselves, they will help that person to figure out what it is that they need, um, and and help them to figure out how to access that support, but. Mm. But otherwise, yeah, what, where do you even even go? So I guess it brings us on to when you have shared your story, and I'm, you know, if you haven't, please please say that that's fine. But when you have been struggling and you have shared your story or your problems with someone, what what happens? Well, I think um, I mean I, I like to think that once you've you've shared your story, um, you've um, you've taken the first step towards getting the, the kind of support and the kind of help that um, that you're perhaps looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I'd, I'd like to think that once you've you know taken that step to share your story, that in itself is 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 going to have a positive impact right from the get go. You know, you're yeah. not dealing with it on your own anymore. You've you've got someone else involved in the in the conversation. You've got someone else involved in in your thought processes and your and your situation. And you know, it's important that once somebody takes a step to do that, that they pursue it. They don't just make it a one-off standalone. Um, right, I've, I've done that now. I'm going to revert back to where I was before and just try and try to deal with it by myself. I think once you've once you've got that, um, and you've you've taken that step, then it's a huge, huge positive. And it, it you know, you just need to be strong and just to keep pushing through. And I think it, when I when I think about some of the people that that we've worked with, um. Some of the um, clients that have been referred to our team um, from wellbeing coordinators, for example, um, when they do link in with some of the um, peer-to-peer support groups or the health and wellbeing groups that we've set up in the past, for example, yeah. the impact that you can see, you know, even even a couple of weeks in is is huge. You know, self-esteem improves, confidence improves, and it. And it can just be from being in conversations with somebody where those conversations mm. just make you feel good about yourself. Yeah. And it yeah. can be something quite simple like that. But it, again, it's kind of like small, but very significant factors that can make a, a little bit of a difference right from the get go. Yeah. And then the more hope somebody has, the more positive somebody feels, even if it is just real minuscule improvements, can then support that individual to make more and more positive decisions and more and more positive um, steps um, yeah. and to continue to pursue that the, the support that they might need to to ensure to ensure that they get better. Um, I have had um, uh, friends who have shared a, a couple of uh, slightly different outcomes. Um, where I think one one friend that I recall went to see went to see a GP um, about a, a, a challenge they were having, um, and. In this one instance, and, and, and I like to think of this as more of a, of a one-off rather than something 
that happens um, regularly. But they were basically asked, are you suicidal? Um, are you um, thinking about hurting yourself? Mm. And when that person answered no, the GP basically said, oh, that's great then. Right, well, yeah. Thanks for your time. Crack on. Yeah. And then that was it. And they were shown the door. And then it was a case of, well, where, where, where do you go next? And that was hugely, in, in that, in that particular instance, it, it was a real setback. Yeah. And, um, and it's, it's about not being heard, isn't it? She says, ironically interrupting you. Um, <laughs> I apologize. No, no, um, don't be done. But I think like step one of, you know, making those little, those, those really small but important first steps is it being acknowledged that you're in pain or that you're suffering or that you're struggling. And I think that buys into the idea that it has to be a huge problem before you get help. And and something Ethan and I were were starting to talk about in episode one was Hmm. actually sometimes it's not a huge problem, but it's a huge problem to you. Do you know what I mean? Like you can always compare and go, well, this person's got this going on. So mine's not, but it's a big problem to you. Mm. And and one person, and I'm sure that was just an individual situation with that GP, but that first person going, nah, I I think you're all right. It like dismisses how you are feeling straight away. And that, that could shut that person off for for six months, you know, or or never again, you know, never, never going to ask for help. I, I feel for doctors because, there's so much they have to do and so much they have to attend to in such a short period of time. But again, that's why you need social prescribing. You need need people who've got a bit more time to spend with you. And I I wasn't using that as an example as in any way to sort of say, look, you know, this is what a, a, you know, a terrible GP did. No, no, no. no. In that example, it was just sort of say, I think it just highlights how important it is that when somebody does share, that the response they get is, it's what they need and what and what and what they're looking for yeah um, absolutely and I think you know that it's it's you know it, the first thing you need to do is to make them make them feel like they've made the right decision once you've shared it you then need in your own mind to almost be thinking oh god this really was the right thing to do I, yeah. I, why didn't I do it sooner almost mm. you know you just you need that sense of relief um that you you know a, a slight burden's been lifted because yeah. you realise that having shared it was 100% the right thing to do. Yeah, I think um, it gives you hope. It gives you some hope yeah, back. That yeah, there's, you're not getting a solution there and then, but that there, there, there may be a solution. There's something going to change. way forward. Yeah. yeah. yeah it comes up a lot in, in the sort of anti-racism um, literature and stuff, and we, we talk a lot about that internally. We have a diversity, inclusion and equality group, and one of the very first barriers to people sharing their stories of like racial discrimination is that they're not listened to so it's a really good example Mm. where someone had a a female a black person had done um a presentation and people hadn't really listened or asked any questions and she went to her boss this is like not in work this is this is like an example of it um and she sort of said like you know I've worked really hard on this presentation I really care about it and no one really engaged and her boss straight away went I'm sure it wasn't you I'm sure it was the situation and it's like that kind of immediate I'm not even going to listen I'm not going to be curious mm. um that's that's a, an example within like racial discrimination but it, but it's the same sort of not being listened to not being acknowledged not having my story respected mm. um I suppose it's a, it's a it's a sense of you know nothing's going to come from this yeah you know that that example you just gave you know the, the response was a, a a fairly sort of passive comment mm. 
And in that situation, clearly nothing more was going to come out of that conversation and nothing exactly. more was going to come from um, from the fact that, you know, she that that person had shared the experience they'd had during mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. presentation. I think it's the same where, you know, you you make you, you make the decision to, to share um, something that's incredibly um, important to yourself. And if mm-hmm. you if you don't get the response that you're looking for then or the response that you need then yeah it can it can be really damaging but in the same way I think it's it's incredibly complex isn't it because Mm. even but even in even in saying you know that you need to get the response that you're looking for well everybody might be looking for something a little bit different and it's very it's you know it's it's not possible to necessarily figure out exactly what that person's looking for but I think with the work that with a lot of the work that we do it's about having that ongoing conversation yeah, um, building having, that trust, doesn't it? Build, building that trust. So it's not necessarily that first interaction is the be all and end all, and those first couple of sentences is is the extent of the interaction. It's it's about developing those relationships over time, building up mm. that trust, and continuing to build that that hope um, yeah. again with that individual. That look, this we are working towards something really positive here. Yeah. Um, and with your, you know, we're going to work collaboratively. We're going to work alongside you. We're going to listen to you. Mm. and everything is going to be built around what you're telling me and what you need and what you say and what you want and you are going to be at the heart of everything that we're going to be doing yeah which I think again is a possible barrier to people is they think that if they come and ask for help they're going to be told what to do and and you know what that is the experience a lot of people have I mean I know sometimes when we talk to people who care about us they want us to feel better almost sort of selfishly for them they don't want to have to worry about it so it's not an intentional thing but sometimes when you talk to family for example you might get a bit of a you know chin up you'll be all right type response mm. which isn't really acknowledging how you feel that's often why speaking to sometimes speaking to someone who is external to your life who doesn't have an emotional connection to your life can be mm. can be really beneficial because there's no subconscious it doesn't make any difference to them. Like they care that you progress, but they're external to mm. your situation. They so could they be can more be objective, aren't they? Yeah, exactly, exactly. So acknowledging all of that, is there anything that would stop you sharing your story? I think it would just be, I mean, I think some of the points we've alluded to is is a fear of, you know, what's, you know, of, of nothing coming of it. Yeah. Um, or a fear of being misunderstood or a fear of being, sort of labelled with something we might not want to be labelled with, a fear that there might be some sort of backlash in terms of the stigma that surrounds some of the issues that, that might be broached. But I think I, I think for me, from my own perspective, I think a, a barrier would be a, a, a fear that, well, nothing's going to come of it. Nothing can mm. be, you know, nothing can be done. And I get, I know we keep alluding to it, but I, I guess there's an element of hopelessness there because I think if I don't think anything can be done about it, it will be a lot. I'd be a lot less likely to try and address it, to try and fix it, yeah. to try and make steps towards towards um, getting the support or help that, that I may or, or, or may not may not need. And I think also with what you mentioned earlier, it, it might be, you know, a, a fear of how that conversation is going to go or a fear of what the outcome might be. That I think by not pursuing help, sometimes you cling on to the fact that you know, oh, I might go speak to that person, and, you know, find out what they can do for me. Mm. But if you're if you're at all worried about a negative response by not going, you're at least keeping that option there 
mm. that something might something good might be able to come of it. When I do go and see the GP, something really good is going to come of it. But if you're worried that they might, you know, it might not go your way and it might not you might not get the response you needed. If you were to get the response that I sort of suggested in my example earlier, then all of a sudden that hope is is gone. Yeah. You know, you've 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 tested the water, you've tried it, you've shared and the worst case scenario happened. You know, mm. you weren't you weren't heard, you weren't listened to yeah. and you were dismissed. So I think even just sometimes putting it off and keeping it in the background is in itself a little bit of a comfort because, you know, mm. you've got something up your sleeve mm. that when you feel things do get bad enough, you can then go and see that person. But you put it off mm. because yeah. it just keeps this positive option up your sleeve whereas if you were to go and pursue it and it it doesn't work out what have you got left yeah then you've got to deal with the disappointment of that bit of hope being dashed I I totally understand that actually sometimes it takes me quite a long time to put in significant action that's going to prove something Mm. And and it can be major stuff but it can also be like you know sort of small changes where my gut I know I'll be happier or I'll be better off if I do that. But there's something, yeah, there's something disappointing if that thing doesn't play out. Mm. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's a really, we could probably talk about another like six hours just about that, <laughs> that one thing. You've got my mind worrying about it. But yeah, I'm, and interestingly, you said earlier, like it's not just about that first interaction, but actually if we're talking about are you acknowledged it's that's mm. from I mean it may be that you phone our admin team for example I mean our admin team are lovely and brilliant and you'll get a great response from them so I've got no concerns about that but imagine <laughs> if straight away you know like they were running another service and it was you know we oh, oh we, you don't fit into our criteria we can't help you you might never go looking for that help again because of that one yeah. negative experience and obviously you know services have to do within the limits of what they're contracted to do and all of that but that, I, I do think that's a great advantage about linking leads is we'll pretty much be able to help whatever it is yeah um, absolutely and, and help you figure out what you need because because both of those things are, are a problem mm. yeah awesome thanks ben um we, we're trying to keep these podcasts sort of fairly short and snappy so it's easy for people to sort of listen to you in their in their working weeks and things cool. so no worries um, I really appreciate you you coming on and and having being our like pilot guest person. So you know. Oh no, that, it's been it's been great. Thank you very much. Got that badge me. of honour for the rest of your life. Um, <laughs> and thank you for all the work you do, you and your team with with the service. But um, yeah, great chatting. Lovely. Yeah, thanks ever so much. It's been it's been great. Thanks. Bye. All right. Take care. That's it for this week. Massive thank you to our guest. So we hope to see you next time. But in the meantime, if you or someone you know needs help, then contact us at linkingleads.com. Alternatively, you can give us a call on 0113 336 7612. Thanks.